Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and sell and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. Vehicle owners of commercial vehicles with diesel engines know how much disruption is caused when a truck breaks down because of a diesel emission system failure. It's a very costly event. It creates a lot of frustration. And unfortunately, over the 15 years or so that the diesel emission system has been with us, it hasn't necessarily gotten a whole lot better. So what is the solution? Well, I'd like to introduce you to Paul Merrick, who's the co-founder, and Bill McLory, who is the operations manager at dpfauthority.com. And we're going to introduce you to this part of their company as well as the other branches of their company. And they're here to today to really talk to us about how important it is to pay attention to the preventative side of after-treatment maintenance. So I'm really excited to talk to them. Paul, Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm glad to have you with us. You're welcome. And Bill, nice to have you here. Thanks for taking some time to talk to us. Oh, thanks for including us. So I'd like to kind of start the conversation off by reading you something that I got directly from your website on one of your articles. It says, strictly speaking, diesel particulate filters, DPFs, DOCs, SCRs, and their associated hardware have proven pretty reliable over time. Now, that statement got my attention because what came next, talking about preventative maintenance, was really the point that you were were getting at. So if it is true that the actual technology behind the hardware is pretty reliable, why, Bill, is there so much trouble with the diesel emission system? Well, I say it really comes down to lack of knowledge of the owners. For the most part, um, you'd be amazed, even to this day, um, how few people understand that there's even a urea filter that needs to be changed um, and, uh, you know, mileage stipulations for servicing, understanding the quality of fuel. It's really it comes down to uh, knowing what will prevent failure. And, and Paul, you're a co-founder of this this company. Obviously, at some point you saw a big enough need in the industry to invest resources into developing DPFAuthority.com. So what was the big motivation behind that move? Uh, I firmly believe in in technology and recognizing this new technology coming out. We bought the equipment years ago, knowing that there would be a market. It's just service that, you know, right now it's diesel. It could be electric in the future, but right now it's diesel and it's after treatment. So just seeing that need, what, what got us started. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with a business plan built around servicing customers' needs. And we're going to talk a little bit later about all the different aspects of your company. But when we talk about how you got the company started, how many years total has your organization been helping people with diesel engines? Approximately 43 years. 43 years young. So you've learned a few things over that time. Growing up in this Southwest Detroit area, just 
just building diesel engines and cleaning parts and grinding valves and, and building cylinder heads at a, wasn't even a teenager yet doing that. So yes, it goes back a long ways. There's been a lot of changes since the days of when everything was mechanical. Uh, Bill, I'm kind of curious from your perspective. I know that you've got a lot of experience on the after treatment side. Let's break down the solution. When we talk about preventative after treatment maintenance, what are we actually talking about when we, we use those words? Well, honestly, I think that uh, oftentimes what's forgotten is it's not even so much uh, the, the treatment devices themselves. It's, it's the exhaust that's going through the treatment devices, which means it's, it comes down to uh, engine maintenance, oil changes, uh, quality of fuel, you know, tune-ups, not necessarily so much tune-ups anymore with electronic engines, but uh, the condition of fuel injectors and pumps and, and all those things that are, uh, are creating poor combustion, uh, which leads to uh, loaded up DPS and DLCs and, and downtime and uptime problems. And not to mention air filtration. Absolutely. So uh, I, I, I think people forget about that. And uh, fuel especially, especially, you know, we found in Michigan with uh, uh, winter, cold climates, uh, nothing more inefficient potentially than a, than a diesel, cold diesel engine um, and uh, white unburnt fuel passing through exhaust systems. You're not going to be on the road long. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking back to the days when I was in a cooperative uh, automotive program. It was like a cooperative education with local businesses. So I was still in high school and I got to work in a, in a repair shop. And I remember my instructor, the owner of the shop, and he was talking about how important it is on an automotive vehicle to change your oil regularly, change your filters. And everything was all built around mileage, right? Change your oil filter every so many miles, change your air filter so many miles, things like that. One thing that we know about operating commercial vehicles with diesel engines is that when these after treatment systems were developed, Everything was built around mileage recommendations, especially around the, the DPF. But when I was reading your article, one thing that I, that I noticed is that that's actually part of the problem. So, Bill, could you tell us a little bit more about what kinds of things should cue regular maintenance on after-treatment systems as opposed to just relying on a specific mileage? Well, yeah. I mean, really, it, it depends on... Uh, if the word of the idiosyncrasies or the differences in the, in, the, in the piece of equipment. I mean, obviously, a bus uh, that spends uh, most of its day starting and stopping, uh, rarely reaching speed, speeds above 30 to 35 miles an hour, rarely making, you know, uh, the engine temps necessary to keep an exhaust system clean, as compared to the overroad driver who's, uh, you know, always running a load, always running hot, um, and rarely have to go into any type of a regen situation because of the fact that he's got, he's got hot exhaust temps. And there's nothing better for an exhaust treatment system than keeping your exhaust, exhaust temps high. So that's really, it depends on the, uh, uh, the, the location of the vehicle. School buses, you'll see that, I mean, you know, those are the customers that uh, are in constant need of support, whether it be cleaning or replacement, because of the fact that the conditions are cold engines, uh, rarely re reaching exhaust temps. Vocation is such an important piece to that, that puzzle. I remember when I was a sales account manager selling heavy-duty parts in northern Canada, and also in the Vancouver area, I mean, you couldn't get much different. Northern Canada, it's oil field, it's logging, it's mining. Then you go to like the urban center in Vancouver and you're selling to gravel trucks, but they, that never leave the city or uh, municipal vehicles that are start and stop, school buses, things like that. So 
So really what you're saying is, is that you have to build a preventative maintenance program that fits the application, not just the vehicle, but also what, what the vehicle does. Absolutely. And, and uh, most larger fleets now, uh, you know, will be logging or cataloging uh, when DPS and DOCs are coming off for cleaning. So they're going to get a pretty good idea, usually even by engine uh, or chassis, because I suppose that, you know, that, that will make a difference as well, horsepower. Uh, but how long these units are going before they, they're necessarily uh, to have, you know, brought in for cleaning and soot removal. You know, if they don't have a maintenance program, boy, they really have to be in the dark. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by DPFX Fit, a manufacturer of DPFs and DOCs that offer OEM durability and performance with aftermarket affordability. To learn more, go to dpfxfit.com. Before the break, we were talking about the importance of having a customized after-treatment maintenance plan that fits not just the application of the vehicle, but also the vocation. I'd like to now talk a little bit about dpfauthority.com. Paul, when people go to this website, what are they going to find? They're going to find you know, solutions to their problems. And those problems are finding the clamps, the gaskets, the DOCs, or DPFs, the bunts. Sometimes they break off tools to remove moves of sensors, uh, sensors availability, uh, all those things that might need to service that uh, DPF could be found on uh, uh, DPF authority. It, it's so much more than just buying a replacement DPF, isn't it? Yes. In addition to, you know what, we have knowledgeable uh, people on staff that can answer questions. So everybody always has a question. That's probably the most important thing about separates us from everyone else. Everyone has questions. They don't understand. We take that time to, to help people solve a problem. We don't want to just sell, sell a DPF. We want to solve the problem. The sale will, have, will take care of itself, but solving the problem for customers is probably the first things first. Could be could be something else, and they're 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 chasing the you know chasing the wrong problem, blaming a DPF when it's completely something else, a sensor. How long has DPFAuthority.com been part of your of your company? I know that your your entire company started over forty three years ago, but Bill, how long has the website been up and running? Uh, I believe it's four years. About four years, yeah, yes. Four we years. recognize that need to try and get this information out to uh, to the public. Right. So you launched the website about four years ago. And one thing I noticed is you've got the ability for people to do searches and, and interchanges. How important is that function on the website, Bill? Oh, well, I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's a almost a silly game that we have to play with the OE because uh, uh, oftentimes everybody feels those cross-references and interchanges is something they do to keep the aftermarket on their toes. Uh, so we, we more importantly, anything else is understanding supersessions and knowing, you know, what that final end number is that you need uh, and, and whether it's correct or not to match or model. They may look identical, but there's always concern that they're not identical. Uh, so offering people the ability to to uh, uh, solve those cross references and, and super, you know, supersessions and interchanges. We've all been in the business for a long time. Um, I'm used to the aftermarket where there's one OE number and there's many, many aftermarket options. And it almost feels with after treatment, it's like the reverse. You see a tag and there's like one aftermarket number, and then there's like six or seven different OE numbers because of that constant changing of numbers. Keeping on top of that data is a real full-time job. It is a full-time job. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, another thing I notice about the structure of the website is that it's very focused on, on e-commerce. Why did you choose to go in that direction over the traditional sites that we mostly see in heavy duty? You know, I think that uh, uh, buying practices have changed uh, and our customers are comfortable with it. It's what they're looking for. 
the uh, business is getting younger and younger and younger. People want to point and click. We're a busy society and people want to move, move fast. If they know what they want, um, we want to be able to solve that solution and make that sale fast. I think it's, it's a brilliant move because, like you said, buying habits are changing. And um, I know that all my mentors, like one after another, are retiring fast. All the people that I kind of grew up in the industry that trained me and, and taught me, that they're all leaving and there's not as many young people to replace them. So you have this, this big kind of massive problem with all of these different facets, right? You've got more people leaving the industry than coming in. You've got a lot of confusion about after treatment. You've got the people who are left behind are expected to do more just to service the customers. And so adding this, Paul, it doesn't completely replace the traditional ways that we service customers, but it really complements it, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think with, you just mentioned that a lot of experience and talent are leaving the field was being replaced by those who are just know about click and order. And uh, we have to make sure that we keep up with that, that generation of people who are, who are clicking. And they could be next door, but they're not going to send their driver or they're going to click and expect it to be on the counter when they show up. So it's just having that ability of e-commerce uh, is a way to do it, to keep up with, with everyone else. I know a technology guy who said, Jamie, when it comes to the heavy duty industry, you guys either need to learn Amazon's business or Amazon's going to learn your business. And it's kind of up to you how that goes. So we certainly, um, I'm always celebrating any company that has taken the approach to integrate a digital sales channel. Good for you. So remember, if you want to buy these parts, you can go to dpfauthority.com. But I also noticed on the website that you offer cleaning of DPFs. So can you just talk me through, Bill, the, the process there of how, how that would work? Yeah, I mean, we offer the traditional bake and blow uh, method. We like most. I think everybody's gotten pretty good at servicing DPS. Uh, it's been long enough. More, you know, pin testing, uh, looking for crack cores, weighing before and after, automated uh, baking, cool down, and then uh, extraction. Um, and you know, our equipment has the camera, so you can you can see you know the the, the media that's being extracted. We're just going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by DPFX Fit, a manufacturer of DPFs and DOCs that offer OEM durability and performance with aftermarket affordability. To learn more, go to dpfxfit.com. We're back from our break, and before the break, we were learning all about dpfauthority.com, how they service their customers, how they've gone with a digital sales channel to, to better serve their customers. And I really was curious, Bill, on the website, I saw that you also have an exchange program, and I wanted to learn more about how that exchange program would work since your, your website is so focused on e-commerce. Exchange may not be quite the right term. Um, what we found was really a, a great impetus for business uh, in getting people to trust your cleaning methods and trust your product. Right off the get, we decided that we were going to uh, buy a DPF, uh, get, a, get your DPF clean for free. And so that got people not only uh, to experience the new product and trust the aftermarket product, but also to see uh, after the DPS has been cleaned, uh, what it looked like. I think that that was, if there was one thing that we had did in uh, sales or marketing, that was the one thing that really spurred growth. Yeah, absolutely. And we still do it. Um, and uh, people love it. What, what a great idea, because one of the things that I've seen is the, this real emphasis on uptime. And so if you can get into a DPF that is brand new. You can install it on your truck. You can have the other one clean. Now you've got a backup. 
Now you don't have to wor- you know, worry about when this thing needs to be cleaned. I'm going to be down for a day. And um, I just think that was, you know, obviously customers rewarded you by, like you said, it really fueled growth because that was a, that was a really smart move. Yeah. It worked out really, really well. So Paul, you, you alluded to the fact that your parent company that has been in business for 43 years, dpfauthority.com has been up and running now for four years. I'd like to learn a little bit more about the other areas of servicing diesel trucks that you can help your customers with. So um, the way we started, but Superior Diesel Repair was the original company name. We brought in Superior Turbo Injection about five years after being in business to let people know we did all turbos for cars, for trucks, for boats, because some people felt we just worked on diesels. So Superior Diesel Repair is the parent company, is the original name. Uh, and it just helped grow that fuel injection business. So we do fuel injectors with turbochargers, uh, fan clutches, and uh, other related components. So we, we broke the uh, business into in half, basically. So a diesel repair, which is class eight and down of all diesel engines, and then parts distribution, which we have going right here. So a superior solution for everything under the hood. When you talk about fan clutches, uh, what are you are you talking about? Are you rebuilding them? Are you just replacing them and supplying parts and kits? Or what do you, what work do you do with fan clutches? I'm kind of partial to that because when I started my career back in 98, I was working for a remanufacturer and, and fan clutches and kits were one of the things that we did. So I'd like to learn a little bit more about that. Well, it's funny you ask, but fan clutches uh, was kind of became my specialty. We kind of split up product lines here and we do all fan clutches, air, viscous, um, they break and people need to fix them. So we do rebuild the fan clutches. We, we offer many rebuilds. In fact, we pride in having as many rebuilds or, or, or in some cases, the new ones available. But we also, also offer the same day, same hour service. If you had a truck uh, with an unusual fan clutch on it, uh, you bring in and we're willing to rebuild it right now, whether it's three o'clock, four o'clock to get that truck back on the road. That's something we pride ourselves in doing is, 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 is like you say, it's, it's having uptime. Sometimes you can't prevent a truck from going down, but Getting that fan clutch turned around ASAP, you know, side on the side of the road is something that's got to happen. That 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 truck cannot sit there. That loads uh, just in time. It, m- it must roll. So, being able to repair them on the spot, have them all of them all options, and something that people don't think about. But the fan blade attached is that we have probably a thousand fan blades in stock. We custom cut to size and balance here. You know, approved by the OEs naturally. And uh, so, so we have virtually fan blade. We can make ten thousand variations of fan blades for absolutely any piece of equipment, in addition to road trucks. Right, and when, when a fan clutch goes down, it oftentimes can be an inconvenience, all the way up to a catastrophic failure that takes out, the, like you say, the fan blade. It could take out the rad. It can be a big deal. So having that uh, flexibility and ability to rebuild whatever unit comes down whether it's air or viscous, to be able to change the fan blade. I see how that your, your customers just, they must just love that service. It is a great service to offer. And, and having people at the counter are able to uh, understand the, the problem, why they failed. Uh, we spend, if there's a warranty failure, it's usually uh, misunderstood. The first thing I do is blame the part. When you see two or three fail, we try to explain, again, it goes back to our core of our business. Uh, work the customer, learn the problem, try and get it replaced the first time. You know, we really try to help them out when they, when they when something goes wrong, but it could be a valve, an airline, just many vari- variables in, in why something would fail. Given all the right ingredients, they'll last for many, many years. Just like I say, having that expertise and helping that customer figure out his problem and fixing it the right way the first time. You know, one of the most unique things, uh, I think, in regards to our 
Parson Service is on the fan clutch side is that you know, 99% of what we sell is aftermarket OE. I mean, oftentimes, you know, people are always concerned about aftermarket parts. They're offshore, will fit. Um, and we're selling uh, the exact OE duplicate, either whether it be kits or internals or complete assemblies. that would install that on that engine uh, the day it left the, shot, left, left the factory, whether it be, you know, Horton or Borg Warner. And that's what you receive when you buy from us. Um, and it usually pricing that's unparalleled um, and uh, inventory that's uh, incredible. You know, we have hundreds, thousands of fan clutches in stock, thousands of blades. I mean, I would list this as probably one of the top two or three premier aftermarket suppliers of fan clutching and blades in the country. So, and not to mention that, that, that I own the domain fanclutch.com. So uh, we service, because of that site, which has been going about 15 years, we got customers worldwide buying fan clutches from us. And we can, fan clutch has been uh, obsoleted or, or discontinued. And we actually make clutches or make adapters and find other clutches that work and, uh, and, and make some kits for the OE. And this is something that, that we've been doing for years. So regardless of whether it's turbo, fuel injection, fan clutches, after treatment system, you know, it, you guys have really touched on a couple of the really important things, right? One, having the great products available, having a good solid service but also helping customers to be able to identify the the cause of the problem and not just the symptoms. So in everything I'm hearing from you, I can just hear that is kind of part of the underpinning of everything that you do. Yes, that's correct. Yes. So if you were going to leave, Bill, I'm going to throw this to you first. If, you, if you're going to leave our audience with just one thing about after treatment that you want them to make sure they take away from today's conversation, what's that one thing? Absolutely, maintenance uh, and quality of fuel and quality of the en- uh, operating engine. Um, people just they just can't grasp that uh, uh, a poorly running engine is going to lead to a lot of money in the after after treatment side of the uh, system, uh, and it's and it's silly, it's sad, and it's wasteful. And, and Paul, you're someone who's been in this world for over four decades. Drop some value for us. What's one thing you want people to remember from? All the years that you've been in this business, what, what's the most important thing people need to remember? As Bill mentioned, our product is more OE, our aftermarket product, more OE than what they actually sell. But buying the right one the first time and getting the correct information the first time and buying that, buying once instead of buying the wrong one and then finding us afterwards, get the right product the first time. You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin. We've been speaking with Paul Merrick, who's the co founder of. Superior, the uh, parent company of DPFAuthority.com. And we've been also talking with Bill McLaurie, who is the operations manager. Paul, thank you so much for, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Very welcome. Bill, thank you as well for sharing your expertise. I really appreciate it. So glad to be here. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and i just like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile and... Let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. HDA Truck Pride is the heart of the independent parts and service channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride. 
and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment.